Hello, <clears throat> welcome to the Last Take Podcast. This is Dylan. Y'all probably weren't expecting me to uh, intro this, but we were. Rec- uh, I'm recording this because after editing, we we couldn't find the file for the intro that we did on Wednesday. But anyways, me and the boys, we go into the Huskers. We discuss how they played last Friday as a team against Rutgers in the win, the 14-13. And then we go into the midseason review. We review over what we've, what we've liked, what we've been disappointed about for the Huskers. And then we preview Nebraska versus Purdue on Saturday night. Then we, And then we go into the ESPN College Football Pick'em. And then lastly, we, we have week three of Cap or No Cap where Mark hosts for the first time. Let's get into it. So this past Friday, Nebraska had an itty-bitty squeak-by win against Rutgers. 14-13 was your final score. Charlie, what were your thoughts overall about that game? Yeah, really impressed with the defense. Uh, We were talking about it last week. Defense, if they could show up. I picked Rutgers in this game. You guys all picked Nebraska. Uh, So obviously that was – didn't get that one right, but – I said I said it was going to be a close game, and it was. And I said if the you know whichever defense showed up, I thought would uh, that team would win the game. And their defense showed up, made some plays. Um, Bill Bush coming in now after uh, this is his uh, now second week uh, coaching, I believe. Um, as defensive coordinator. As defensive coordinator, that's right. But yeah, I mean defense looks a lot better against Indiana and Rutgers. You know. I mean, not the most explosive offenses, uh, you know, compared to maybe what we'll see later in uh, later in the season going up against, you know, Michigan, uh, Illinois. I'd say you know better offense um, than those teams, but you know they'll uh, we'll we'll just have to see now if that defense can continue to play at that level against you know some. I, I mean, I think this week it's going to be a tougher opponent uh, against Purdue, tougher offense. So we'll see if they can keep it up this week, but. Uh, really, really impressed with that. Um, so yeah, just offense. Actually, you know, I thought 14 points. Probably, I mean, because we all, when I don't know if we were all given score predictions, but I don't think any of us were predicting it to be that low scoring. Um, oh, I remember I said 35-31. Yeah. Anthony said 21 to 20. You said 28 to 24. Rutgers. Yeah. And you said like 28 24 Nebraska. So. Well, so yeah, I mean 14 13. Just. I mean. Anthony was only off by seven points for both teams, yeah. so not bad. Not bad, but I mean, I was I was thinking that the offense would probably score more than fourteen, but it's you know you get the win, wins a win, so good. Uh, mainly just impressed with the defense, though. That that was good to see. I think I would have rather uh, seen that kind of win really with the way the defense had been playing earlier in the year um, than maybe a, a shootout. You know, if you know they give up forty points and we win that way, I think we've already seen that. You know. Yeah, just another game. The defense gives up a big number, but you know I think this was uh, this was a better performance. So, looking forward to see uh, what what happens this coming week against Purdue. So, um, first off, I thought that Nebraska's defense, like you said, Charlie, played a really good game after shutting out um, Nebraska in the second half after a rough first half. Uh, yeah, I'm just overall just very surprised. Like I wasn't like expecting much, but. I was not expecting this low scoring, like, at all. I remember, I think the over-under was 50 points. And a lot. Of, yeah. I heard a lot of people saying they're going to bet the overs because Nebraska's been scoring a lot this year. Defenses haven't been great. 
Rutgers obviously showed that they have a good defense. They really took care of – they shut down Nebraska's offense in that first half, and it was just like we're back to old, the old Nebraska. That's what I thought going into the second half. I'm like, oh, no, here we go again. And then they just surprised me. I mean, the defense looked incredible. The fact that we were only down 13 to nothing going in a half was yeah. a miracle because Casey Thompson threw two picks in the first half. We just overall just did not play good in that first half. We looked like we didn't come to play. And obviously, for some reason, 51,000 was really affecting us fans-wise. Maybe, but well, when we have debatable, when we have eighty-seven thousand at home. Like, yeah, it's debatable. There were, there it's were, debatable. There were Nebraska fans there too. They were yeah, a part of that fifty-one thousand. Yeah. But so, um, I mean, but yeah. that second half, oh my gosh, we shut them down. Rutgers could not do a single thing. Could not move the ball. If they moved the ball, only a little bit. Yeah. And then we caused Evan Peters to throw three picks. Noah Vedral threw one. Like we just, I think, something like that, right? How many did Noah throw? Noah didn't throw any, actually. It was Evan Simon that threw okay. three. Okay, so, okay, whatever. Um, Evan Simon, I don't know, but the Rutgers offense looked awful. They haven't been good really at all this year anyways, but um, Nebraska's defense for first time in, like, I don't even know, caused a team to have to fire their offensive coordinator and offensive line coaches the week after they played us. That is... Not where I was thinking we would be after firing Frost after going one and two, and then we lost to Oklahoma. I was not expecting us to be 500 at this point. So go ahead, Anthony. Yeah, it's crazy to think about, as you were mentioning earlier, how the start of the season is versus how we're doing right now. It's kind of like that, the meme, you know, how it how it started and how it ended, sort of say. Like those type of memes, if you look online, um, I personally did not watch this game. I was at a wedding back home, and I could not watch this. But I was keeping the updates up. I saw we were down 13 nothing coming in half, and I'm like, what is going on? Like, I didn't know what, anything happening. I mean, I'm just looking at the box score right now pretty much. I mean, Anthony Grant couldn't do anything, couldn't get the run game going, relied all on Casey, especially in the second half. He stepped up in a big way, getting those two touchdowns, and then obviously the defense – shutting out Rutgers, but overall this is a, probably a game that we should have lost for sure of how we played, but n- definitely nice to get the win, to stay alive in the Big Ten West. Uh, we grinded out that win. Yeah, it we was. had a grind for that one. Yeah, and that's the Mickey Joseph way, right? You just, that Mickey Joseph mentality. So, I mean, I can't, I can't share Mick much Big Mick energy. About, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I can't really much say much about this because I don't really know much about it but before we move on I want to say I just got to give a shout out to Casey Thompson that beautiful throw to Trey Palmer in the end zone was the take the lead was absolutely so good that pass was perfect perfect placement Trey Palmer was able to get it and leave the defender behind him into the end zone and good footwork so I just I just had that that touchdown was beautiful but yeah Okay, so our next step in line here for Nebraska, we're spending more time talking about Nebraska this week. Uh, pretty much growing over the schedule, I mean, obviously the three-point loss in Ireland to Northwestern, and then the North Dakota win, Georgia Southern loss, then here comes out the door, or out the door goes Scott Frost, in the door comes Mickey Joseph. Oklahoma looked way better then than they do now, and then back-to-back wins. So uh, overall, but. For this first half of the season, Mark, 
what is something that has struck out to you and what is something that you can look forward to in the second half of the year? So I, I think, you know, the obviously a, not even a third of the way through the season, you know, with the coaching change, I think that sort of stuck out to me because I thought they were going to wait until after October 1st. Uh, but clearly this was an administrative decision and we're now seeing if that will wait to pay off with Mickey Joseph. Uh, being the interim head coach. I'm looking forward to the Big Ten West Division title race. I think it's going to come down to the wire. I think it's all all teams except for, unfortunately, Wisconsin will be all in on this title race. And I, I, I honestly wouldn't even count Wisconsin out. Count I would almost, at this point, you can't really count Iowa out, but they're pretty much the bottom. Northwestern's down there, too. Northwestern, they haven't won since they beat us back in Ireland. They're undefeated overseas, over the po- across the pond, but they can't win. They can't in, win in America. Yeah, so, well, good for you, Pat Fitzgerald. You beat Nebraska. Yeah, speaking of Northwestern, and that was another thing I was going to bring up. So I saw this uh, just yesterday, interesting uh, stat that I saw in Northwestern. So this is basically Nebraska's 3-3. Three and three. You look at the three teams that have beaten Nebraska. Since beating Nebraska, Northwestern is 0-5. Oklahoma is 0-3, and Georgia Southern is 1-3. And, <laughs> and we were saying, you know, after Georgia Southern beat Nebraska, they were going to, you know, Sunbelt, that was the same week we saw Marshall beat Notre Dame, Appalachian State beat A&M. We're like, man, the Sunbelt, they're pretty, you know, they're looking pretty good so far. They've got some good teams. And I think I was just uh, talking to Dylan about this the other day, James Madison, who I didn't know was uh, now FBS because they were – you know that this is their first year, right? Just moving up, and I said, "What conference are they in?" And he's like, "Sunbelt." I was like, "Man," but you know now they're they're ranked, aren't they? Now number twenty five. Twenty five. So yeah, but I was just I thought that was really interesting because we were saying you know Oklahoma college football playoff contender, Georgia Southern, you know they they could win that Sunbelt, which is a tough conference. But since that, uh, since beating Nebraska, both those teams uh, just really have struggled. Same thing with Northwestern. We were saying, you know. I think after Northwestern, I don't know what the excuse was for that loss. Like Northwestern's good every other year or something like that. But since then, they're, you know, haven't won a game. So, you know, those losses aren't looking, you know, I, I was saying, if anything, and this was after we lost to Oklahoma, at least we're losing to decent teams. But I don't know if we can say that now because, you know. Well, you, we can't say that with Northwestern, but well, we can't really say anything about Northwesterns because they haven't no. looked good since. No, we can't. And you know, you North don't... Dakota. I mean, they're three and one now since playing us, but they're also yeah. in the FCS. So you have... uh, so I was looking at the sun. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. And then I said, Georgia Southern. They've only won once. They lost the week after us, and then they won. I forgot who they played. They beat Georgia Southern. Yeah. Yeah. They beat somebody. Since and then us. Oklahoma. I'm just gonna say this now. That touchdown we scored at the end of the in the fourth quarter. That single handedly has derailed Oklahoma season. I'm just saying. 49 nothing against to Texas. Texas. To your, be fair, your Texas arch rival, but they didn't. Not man, zero points. I that was crazy. We were saying after they lost to Kansas State, like that's a really bad loss. And then yeah. TCU. I mean, TCU is not a bad loss, but they didn't look good that game either. And then mm-hmm. this week to Texas, obviously they did have Quinn Ewers back, but you can't lose forty nine nothing to your rival and. Brett Venables after that, you know, or it was after the TCU game, said just we're not a very good team right now. So, I mean, just for a, def- lot of, a lot of people said they were a playoff contender. 
They're not no, now. The they're they're, not, they're not, not even a contender for the Big 12 at the moment. So. No. Um, you would say that he was a defensive-minded coach, and now they're having defensive-minded struggles, which is a really big issue for them. Yeah. Uh, their offense has not done anything since I, – I would say even TCU, they did a decent job, but Texas – You still gave up 55 points to TCU, and then you just don't pull – you did not show up no. to play Texas. But we'll get more into Oklahoma later. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, go ahead. So I was looking at the Sun Belt because you mentioned that earlier. Uh, I didn't know Coastal Carolina is actually above, quote, above James Madison oh, in their they conference. They haven't standings. lost a conference game. I say yet. they have. They're the same boat. Um, yeah. So I thought that was interesting. But so first half, obviously, you go one and three, and I, you're like, there's no way this is. I mean, you're pretty much going, okay, this is exactly where we were last year. That win against Indiana really helped, and then obviously Rutgers is helping a lot. These next three games for Nebraska are crucial, crucial if they want to stay alive in the big for the Big Ten Championship. At Purdue versus Illinois versus Minnesota, which all – this is pretty much the four-man race as of now. Wisconsin-Iowa could somehow pull something up, up their sleeve, but we, we just don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is pretty much the race right here for Nebraska. And also, Illinois is playing Minnesota this week. That's another big thing coming in for the Big Ten West. So this is crucial time right now for the Cornhuskers. Uh, the defense is doing a better job. Bill Bush is ranking them up. Uh, I saw on a Corn Craze video of how we we're literally like the bottom five defense in all the country, and now we're almost in the top 100. But – Almost. It, oh, we'll, we'll get in there. We're getting there. I think we're one fifteen. I want to say. Yeah, if we, we can go on this a little bit later, like when we preview the Huskers and Purdue. But if we shut down Purdue, like not be able, not let them get, you know, they get a whole bunch of yards. They may lose, but Aiden O'Connell throws for five hundred yards a game. It feels like I swear every time I watch a Purdue game, he's throwing for like four hundred yards, up to five hundred. But yeah, we can get into that later. But. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just saying that this second half of the season is really, really tough, but it's also manageable. Like we can possibly, we I don't know. It's just it's just very crucial. It's very. What's the word? Just the fact that we're in the big, we're in the race for the Big Ten West at this point of the season, where we were, is just absolutely like mind blowing. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Okay, uh, potential head coaching jobs. We talked about this in the episode that with Scott Frost firing. That's called Defrosting and Herb Street, if you want to listen to that later on. Uh, Dylan. Uh, Hold on. Before he talk, who is my number one candidate when we were talking about this a few weeks ago? Matt Rule. Yes, I was the only one who said that. And I said he's getting canned at the end of the year, and they fired him just this this past week and two days ago. <laughs> yeah, two day, or two days ago, and now he's and what what's the first article? I I pull up, uh, I go into ESPN. I'm looking at Nebraska or whatever. It's the ESPN Plus article yeah, that has it, Matt Rule yeah, as the cover photo. Matt Rule is the cover photo, and it's like, I don't know. Hey, Dion is, is that, right behind him. I'm just saying, Dion's yeah. right underneath there. That um, is. Uh, but yeah, so my possible head coach candidates, I'm just going to quickly go through this. So we can count – I'm going to say we can count out Lance Leopold. I don't I don't want him anyways. And Matt Campbell. He And I almost say Matt, Mark Stoops too because they all lost. So, I mean, and then just – I don't want Matt Campbell. He needs to st- – we don't need a we – need, we do not need a culture rebuilders because we already have the right culture we want, obviously. 
We've seen it the past two weeks. Culture looks good. And Mickey Joseph just changed everything. Mickey Joseph is my number one head coach candidate at the moment because he has led us to two straight wins off the bye after Oklahoma. And Mickey just has that, just the, the big Mick energy. That's <laughs> just, I just like it. And then I'd say second would be Matt Rule because he can't eat. I know a lot of people don't like him because his schemes did not work in the NFL, but that's also the NFL. If you look in the uh, college football, he rebuilt that Temple program. He rebuilt Kansas or not, <laughs> Baylor from one and eleven to eleven and one in two seasons. I mean, that's almost saying like what Frost did, but also Matt Rule did it in a Power Five conference. Which Matt, Matt Rule, yeah, it was Big Twelve, in the Big was Twelve, which at the then. time was really good. Yeah, so, so Matt Rule's my number two candidate, and then I'd say three and four. I'll just I'd say, um. Bill O'Brien's up there. I think he's um yeah, I'm just gonna say I'm gonna count Urban Meyer out. I don't want him anyways. So I'll say Bill O'Brien three and number four. Um I'll just take like who uh the coastal coach. Uh yeah, I saw him on I, I don't what's his I forget what his name yeah, is, but he's, he's he he, he was on the list, yeah. There was uh they were showing that this was like right after Frost got fired at might look different now, but there was uh, Lance Leopold, Matt Campbell, and the Coastal head coach. So mm-hmm. those are the three I saw. But yeah, I mean, I would say, sorry, can't, uh, Lance is also a culture rebuilder too. So yeah, I mean, I just don't know why he would leave Kansas, especially when you look at uh, when you look at the Big Twelve, Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC. Not that you know Oklahoma's playing well right now, but still, you know, I just don't think you have any reason to leave right now. Um, so yeah, I'm, but I'm with you. I think uh, Matt Rule and Mickey Joseph; those are my the two guys I would say uh, are the most likely right now. Mickey Joseph, like you said, uh, culture looks good right now. I just kind of want to see how the team plays under Mickey Joseph against better competition. I know you know you can say whatever you want about Indiana and Rutgers, but they they did win the game. So I mean, I think that's you know that's what they needed to do. Wins a win, but. Now going up against Purdue, Illinois just got ranked this week, uh, now 24. Um, they could easily be undefeated, too. They somehow uh, lost to Indiana, but that's going to be a tough game as well. And then you have Minnesota, Michigan uh, after that, and then you finish off with Wisconsin and Iowa. I think both those games are winnable. But I want to see how this team does second half of the season um, before we you know, say you know more about Mickey Joseph. But so far it looks pretty good. Yeah, so I think, you know, like Dylan and Charlie said, you know, I like the Mickey Joseph as number one. Um, I like, I see Dave Doran as my number one uh, with NC State just because he has some experience in the Big Ten coaching. Um, So I'm going to take Dave Doran as my number one, Mickey Joseph as my number two, and Bill O'Brien as my number three coaching candidate. Okay. I am not for Matt Rule. I don't know why. I just don't like him. Okay, I mean he what he did. A, I'm not denying what he did at Baylor was great. I'm not denying that. I just don't like him as a coach in general. Okay, I don't know. I think it's probably because I saw his schemes in the NFL and like how easy readable they are. But I don't know. I just don't think Matt Rule is the guy in Nebraska. I could be completely wrong, and I don't care. But Mickey Joseph, obviously, for what he's done these past three weeks, especially with the bye week, is crucial. Nebraska 
Bill O'Brien, I've been really high on ever since Scott Fried. I was one of the first ones, I think, I to say Bill O'Brien was possibly a candidate, and then everyone's like, no, not him. He did terrible with the Texans. Like, no, he's actually pretty decent. Uh, Dave Aranda is still a candidate from Baylor. I think he's doing really good. At, I mean, yeah, Baylor's kind of going downhill a little bit, but Dave Aranda is still looking good. I wasn't high on Dave for a little bit, but then obviously with watching the Big Big 12 play, he's done a, a he's done an all right job yeah. at Baylor, but he needs a new opportunity. I mean, obviously he's only been coaching there for a couple of years, so yeah, those are those are our thoughts. So pretty much we all agree on Mickey Joseph, uh, two of the four say Matt Rule, and then. Um, other candidates like Bill O'Brien and uh, Dave Doran. Dave Doran. So, so one more thing, just quickly, because you mentioned Bill O'Brien. So he coached at Penn. So you were talking about, I assume, him at the college level, because uh, yeah, he wasn't a good NFL coach. I I don't think he was. Okay, but here's my take on it. Bill, like he was not. He's not the best coach in the NFL. It's when they gave him GM access. That's when. He, that's when he yeah. lost. When they, you know, traded DeAndre Hopkins for half a eaten bag of saltine crackers and a washed running back. So. So, but at at the college level, so right now, uh, or he's been how long has he been the OC? This uh, is his second second year, I believe. Second second season at Alabama, but he does have those two years at Penn State, and I thought it was more than two years before I just looked at this. Went eight and four the first year, seven and five the second year. So fifteen and nine. Um, and that's a tough, you know, the big, key thing, big, big 10 East, the key thing when he was, when he was at Penn state, they were going through those NCAA that's right. sanctions they and they couldn't make a bowl game. He led that team out of there, out of that, you know, tough stretch. And then they get, well, James Franklin, who has been their coach for like eight years. He, so. it, it, was he the, after they fired O'Brien, is that who they hired? He's no O'Brien left. He went to the NFL. Oh, that's right. He didn't get fired. But, but Franklin's been there since like 2014. Since, uh, O'Brien, since left. O'Brien, which has been a while. Yeah. 20, yeah. If we could get that guy, I mean, it's impossible. If we could get that guy. That would really help, but it's not possible. Who? James Frank- Franklin. Oh, well, he's not going to leave. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, now we'll go around and go the preview for the Huskers. So the Dylan, or actually, all right. Now we're gonna get into the preview for the Nebraska Purdue game coming up. We mentioned this is a big, big game for both teams of the way. Mark, who um, are some of your players that you want to look out for, and then what's your prediction? So for Nebraska, I have Casey Thompson and Trey Palmer. Um, I think with that big touchdown last week against uh, Rutgers for Trey Palmer, I think that will help boost his his, enter, his confidence, I guess. For Purdue, for Purdue, I have Aiden O'Connell and Charlie Jones just as some players to watch. I think Purdue's going to win by 7, 17 to 10. Okay. All right. So my key players, I'm going to do four impact players, two from each side of the ball. So the offensive side of the ball, I'm going to say Casey Thompson, obviously. He needs to play good. That He is a key factor for this offense. And then I'm going to say our our other key player is going to be, uh, <laughs> I'm just going to say the entire offensive line, they need to hold up. Because if we cannot hold up, like we played against Rutgers, we are not going to be able to move the ball. We're playing a way better defense, in my opinion, than Rutgers and 
Yeah, and then on the defensive side of the ball, players to watch, I'd say watch out Garrett Nelson coming off the edge. He needs to get some of that pressure. And I'd also say O'Shawn Mathis. So two edge players coming off the edge. They need That defensive line needs to get pressure against this Purdue offense because if we do not get pressure, they're going to torch us. So we need to play lockdown. We need to get sacked. We need to get pressure at least. If you can't get sacks, whatever. We need QB hurries. We need Adel O'Connell to be forced to make – some decisions that could cost them the game. So, yeah, those are my uh, key players. And then my score prediction, I'm just having a tough time with this. Um, I'm going to take Nebraska barely. I mean barely. And it's going to be a sh- – it's not going to be a shootout, but it's going to come down to the fourth quarter. And I'm I'm just taking Nebraska's – that they just play- – they've, again, played Rutgers in Indiana. They shut them out in the second half, both games, their opponents – I don't think we're going to shut them out in the second half, but they're going to struggle. Purdue's going to struggle in the second half, and I, I believe that. So I'm going to take Nebraska wins 31-28 thanks to a Timmy Bleak Road field goal with, and with like a minute left, and then the defense comes out of the field and stops Ada O'Connell and makes him, uh, makes him make a – but Ada O'Connell will throw a pick and make a mistake, and that will cost them the game. Purdue's a good team. I mean, I'm just looking at their. I, I, I mean, I knew, I knew they had, I guess, won these games, but now looking at what they've done as a whole uh, this season, you know, losing to Penn State and Syracuse, uh, both those games were close games. And then last two weeks, they go to Minnesota, they win there. They go to Maryland, they win there. I mean, those are two good teams that they beat. Maryland, I mean, I think uh, I'm, those are obviously much better cool. teams than Rutgers and Indiana. Yeah. Um, but. Still, I mean, Big Ten is a tough conference. You win those games. Can't say much about it. Four and two now uh, on the year. I look when I when you know looking at this game again. If Nebraska's defense can play at a high level against Aiden O'Connell and the Purdue offense, I like uh, Nebraska to keep this game close. Um, I think we you know just looking here at what Purdue, uh, what their offense has been doing, three hundred yards. Um, 300 yards passing, averaging, and then 119 yards on the ground um, per game. And you look at Nebraska, uh, last in the conference, giving up uh, last in the conference against the run um, at 186 yards per game. So, and you know that's against teams like you know Rutgers and Indiana. So it's just like it's going to be tough. Uh, that said, though, Purdue only, um, like I said, 119 yards per game, which is less than Nebraska at 160 yards per game. So. I think just the Nebraska defense um, is going to be key here, and I just don't know if we're going to see it. I need to see more consistency. Um, I said that last week against uh, before Rutgers they improved, but again, Indiana and Rutgers, I don't know how much you could say about that. So I like Purdue to do just enough. I think they'll win this game. I'm going to say 38-28. to 28. Okay, so kind of like Dylan's format, gonna four players pretty much. Obviously, um, I – Who'd you say were your key players again? Oh, I didn't. I didn't really talk about key players, but yeah, I mean, I think you guys touched on a lot of it. I think you look at offense. You know, Casey Thompson has to play well. You were talking about the offensive line, um, and I, I like I, you know, I said think twenty eight points is uh, what they'll about what they'll put up, and you know, it's not bad, uh, but I just think I'm not sure if the defense can hold up. I think it, you know, if they want to keep this game close, I think you were uh, who, who you were talking about. Uh, or no, you weren't talking about him. I was going to say Luke Reimer. 
Uh, yeah, I think he he's a player to watch for sure on defense. But yeah, I mean, I just don't know how much uh, how much the defense can uh, stop Purdue's offense. But I I mean, I, I'd say those are some players I'll I'll be watching. Okay, so on the offense side, obviously Casey Thompson's got to take care of the ball big time. He has to take care of it. Uh, and pretty much, I, I was going to say the old line first, but I realized that Casey's the quarterback, so he's going to take, obviously, a lot of blame for this no matter what. But the old line has to at least protect him. He's got to protect Casey. they got to get the – he's got to limit the pressure and the amount of hits that he's going to take. So, obviously, those are the offense for side, the, off- the offensive line and Casey Thompson. Um, you mentioned Garrett Nelson, and I'm going to go with Charlie on Luke Reimer. And then also uh, a newcomer. Pretty much this season, Malcolm Hort. Oh, Hartzog. Hartzog. Yeah, he. The has, legend. He's been playing really good. I don't know if he'll go. It, I have some thoughts. You want me? I say you can go ahead. Okay, so last week against Rutgers, he had probably the worst. <laughs> he had a rough time. First, like he was starting out out on the boundary against these Rutgers players. He allowed a thirty-yard catch on their first drive that led to a Rutgers touchdown, which ended up being their only touchdown but um but he also he made a lot of mistakes he got torched which it just what happens when you're a true freshman being thrown and into he, the defense and he's undersized too he's only five nine and yeah he's not very he's not very large but um he he made he made up for it getting that game winning interception on evan peters so yeah i agree with you he he might be he he will play yeah. an impact like Say so he's been impactful, didn't he? Have he, the block punt. He got the recovery on the p- block punt. I'm pretty sure, or he. I don't know who blocked it. He might have blocked it and got it. But but anyways, ever since Joe Mickey has came in, he has made a big impact because Mickey allows him to play. And yeah, the, this Mickey is letting these players, these younger players, these players that don't have as much experience, get this playing time, and obviously it's shown that we've. We've won both games, but so, again, I don't know if it's him or it's going to be Marcus Buford that's going to be playing against Charlie Jones, who they really got to contain him. That's he, scary. <laughs> he has been playing very well this year at Iowa. They use him more for a special teams person at Purdue. They use him more as a receiver, which is even more dangerous. So if they can contain Aiden O'Connell and Charlie Jones, if they can somehow disrupt that, that'd be pretty good on the defensive side. Otherwise, it's pretty, it's pretty much maintained. I'd say just those are those produce offense, but obviously, you know, the defense against the run is very troubling. So it's going to be a lot closer game than people expect. I think Purdue will probably get a slight advantage. I'm going to go with like 28-24 on this one. Yeah, one more thing just quickly. So you mentioned Buford. I mean, I thought he's looked pretty good. You said, you know, they're going to have to contain him, but 34 tackles. uh, He's got two interceptions. Last week against Rutgers had six tackles. So, I mean, he's he's played well. Um, he's had he had a tough start to the season. Did oh was that he he was he had a tough start of the season, but he's turned it around. In yeah, my opinion. yeah. I mean, I don't know. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I, I mean, two interceptions. I guess I don't know if anyone does anyone else have uh, more than one interception. I don't know. No, but I mean, yeah. I, I mean, he, well, he's impressed me the last few weeks. I guess is what I meant specifically against Rutgers. So. Uh, we'll see. That'll be an interesting matchup for sure. I'm just going to say this now. Listeners, don't expect Nebraska to, like, when I said Nebraska to hold on hold on defense, we're not going to hold them to less than 300 yards because that's just no. Purdue's offense. Purdue's offense, it's explosive. Like, they get a whole bunch of yards most of the time. 
don't expect us to like you know cause them to only get like 200 yards like we did against Rutgers. But like, it's still like I'm still th- I still have hope for the Huskers. Like if we keep them under like 400. I think we're still in the game. <laughs> we're still in the game, in my opinion. So I mean, yeah, you get pressure on Aiden O'Connell, uh, Luke Reimer, Garrett Nelson. You know, if they can get to the quarterback, uh, get pressure on uh, on O'Connell. I mean, could could change the game. So even Ty Robinson, he's yeah. he's been I mean, stepping up, especially against Rutgers. You never know if you know you get to the quarterback, force some turnovers. Never know what could happen. Yeah, like the last time Purdue lost was against Syracuse, who is ranked. But that's besides the point. Ada O'Connell threw for 50, 56 times. They they throw the ball a lot. Yeah. They also run the ball a decent amount, but they throw that ball. So just ex- it, I don't I don't know how much you'll think. I think Ada O'Connell will throw, but definitely he probably pro- throw probably about less 40. this week against Nebraska. I would say they probably game plan with a run, but probably. But, but don't, still expect like 30 or 40 passes from Aiden O'Connell because that's just their offense. I think it'll definitely be more balanced, though, than previous weeks. Um, I mean, they won't throw 60 times. No, I, I wouldn't. Um, Unless I mean, it's I wouldn't worse, against, but Yeah, I mean, like we were saying, just against Nebraska run defense that so far this year, I mean, like we were saying, they're uh, worse in the Big Ten against the run, so or so far this season at least um, in terms of yards. So. I mean, against against Nebraska, I definitely think it'll be more balanced, and that yeah, they won't probably pass it as much as they have been. Okay, Mark, you got any thoughts on this? No. All right, so that concludes our segment about Nebraska football. Staying in tune, and we'll get you to the college football pick'em list. This is the last take presented to you by Charlie, Mark, Dylan, and Anthony. Welcome back to the last take. So first, we're going to go over the standings for the Pickums before we go into it. Currently, I am in the lead still with 38. Uh, there is a tie for second after two terrible weeks from Anthony and Charlie. They're tied at 34 because they decided it'd be a little different, but that's okay. It's not a big deal. And then Mark comes back is now in th- at 30, only down four. So we're going to head straight into it. So the first game is number 10 Penn State. It's going on the road into the big house for the big noon kickoff what do you think about that charlie yeah so two undefeated teams here i would say both penn state and michigan um at least have been somewhat tested you know you look at the undefeated record and i'm um, just looking here at their previous games penn state had that early test uh, in west lafayette against purdue michigan they were tested by maryland and you know we we, we saw maryland come into that game undefeated uh last last couple weeks though as well kind of against teams that I would say aren't on the same level as Maryland, um, both Iowa and Indiana. Uh, they both tested Michigan a little. Iowa, you know, that game was, wasn't was a blowout. Iowa, you know, just because of that defense, kind of they just hung around for a bit there. And then Indiana, 31-10, but mu- much closer game than the score uh, indicates there. So uh, that was going in, I think, late third quarter, maybe even into the fourth quarter. It was a close game. So may- maybe would have liked to see the number five team in the country win, win those games uh, a little bit more convincingly but I'm going to take Michigan in this game at home to beat Penn State and you look you look at Penn State number 10 so if they, you know if they can pick up a win uh, this that'd be a big win on the road for them probably committee would probably put them up or not committee just uh, what is it AP. just the AP poll yeah at this point they'd probably 
put them up a few spots. So, but but I like Michigan in this one at home. That that put them at seven and zero, four and zero in the Big Ten, and just they're going to have some tough games down the stretch here, uh, especially against Ohio State. But I like them to pick up the win this weekend. So the winner of this matchup, uh, the Penn State Michigan matchup, will be situated alongside Ohio State as front runners to represent the Big Ten in college football playoff action. I pick Michigan to win this game. What do you think, Dylan? Um, I'm just going to be different. I'm taking the, the Penn State Nittany Lions with the pull off the upset. I personally think they're going to win. I just, I don't really, it's hard to pick with Michigan because sure, they've played Iowa. That's that's not easy, but it's Iowa. We know what people think of Iowa, you know, not the greatest offense. And then you have Indiana, who they struggled with in the first half. And honestly, they just struggled all around against Maryland. I don't know if I can trust Michigan. Are they number five in the country? We'll find out this weekend. So I'm going to take Penn State with the upset, go in to the big house and pull it off. What do you think, Anthony? Say I'm alongside with you. I got the neat Lions of Penn State coming into this one and taking care of business against Michigan. Uh, the struggle game against Northwestern, 17-7 last week. And then Charlie was mentioning the Michigan-Iowa game. That was probably like a throw-in-a-towel moment. It was 27-0 in the fourth quarter then because you know Iowa's offense is incapable of scoring much. Then they had a close game against Indiana despite the score being 31-10 at one point it was only it was tied at 10 coming into halftime Michigan I'm still unsure about they're very dominant very explosive on the run with Blake Corum having 735 rushing yards on the year which is pretty impressive arguably the best running back in the country yeah I mean probably a sleep sleeper honestly in the Heisman in my my eyes but uh, Michigan's defense has a step has a big step up against Penn State I don't know the Nittany Lions just look a little bit better they played a little bit better team so I'm gonna go with Penn State on this one all right, so the next game, number 19, KU, coming off a, a hard-fought but upsetting loss for them against TCU. They're going on the road into Norman to take on uh, the Oklahoma Sooners, who, as I say, they did not play very good this past weekend, losing 49 to nothing to Texas. What do you think of that, Anthony? Oklahoma, ever since they played Nebraska, there was a video I saw earlier that says there was a Nebraska curse every time we beat them. Northwestern hasn't won a game. Georgia Southern has only won one in Oklahoma is sitting 0-3 in conference play. Kansas was a bit upsetting to the loss against TCU. They easily could have won it. Very simple. It's a very, very close game. One that they sh- could have won, that they should have won, but they just didn't pull it out. I like Kansas better. They're just the overall better team, sort of say, that we've seen in the past three weeks or so. Oklahoma, I don't... Being it at Norman is one thing, but there's just their style of play right now isn't looking too good, so I'm going to go Kansas on this one. Okay, um... This, this game is really hard to pick. Um, OU not looking very good. After that big win over the Huskers, they really haven't like done anything. But KU, on the other hand, is 5-1. and one, Probably their best record they've had since forever, like since earlier, like last I think 2000, two decades ago. Was it 2008 years. they went so, 4-0? 2007 they went. I mean, they almost won the national chip, got into the national championship. So, OU, I mean, they're going to be wearing their new um, alternate uniforms, the Unity uniforms. They're like gray and red. But honestly, uniforms don't matter. I'm just going to take KU. I trust them a little more, even if they don't have Jalen Daniels. Being their backup quarterback played really well against TCU, who's able to throw the ball. Even if that. I'm just going to take KU. KU is just, they just overall just look better right now. Say, so. a side note along that, I didn't mention this earlier, but da- Dylan Gabriel did not play last week against Texas. That was a big part. So if he's back in this, that's really good for Oklahoma. If he's not in it, 
he's out. Yeah, he was in the concussion protocol. But um, yeah, go ahead, Mark. Um, so in the in the last meeting between these two teams, um, which was in 2021, Oklahoma defeated Kansas 35 to 23. Um, I picked Kansas to win this game. What do you think, Charlie? Yeah. So like you guys were saying, you know, Jason Bean came in uh, against TCU. He looked pretty good. 262 yards, four touchdowns. I mean, that's about as about as well as you can play, especially, you know, just getting thrown in against a good team like TCU. Unfortunate loss, obviously, with game day there and all that. But I'm going to I'm going to pick him to bounce back this week uh, in Oklahoma. Oklahoma just I picked him. I picked him to beat. Uh, I guess I, we've had him on the pick him, I think, the last three weeks now. Picked him to beat Kansas State like a lot of people did. That was a, you know, crazy loss. And then TCU, I said, I was saying, you know, TCU's, a, you know, they got a balanced offense. That's, they're no pushover. But uh, Oklahoma uh, just, you know, they didn't look good that game either. And then last week against, you know, your arch rival, Texas, and you lose 49 to nothing. Uh, you know, Quinn Ewers was back for Texas, but that was just a abysmal performance uh, last week. So I like Kansas in this one. Uh, I'm going to be pretty upset too if Oklahoma wins this, just since I've picked them the last couple weeks. Uh, I think did all you, you all you guys pick Texas or no? Just two of you guys had Texas last week. I think to beat. Oklahoma. I think we all picked Texas. Oh, did you except all? Except for you. Except you, for me. Yeah, okay. So, so yeah. I mean, if they you know if they win this week, <laughs> that's uh that'll be interesting. But, but that's kind of like uh, when I was going against BYU. And they kept winning the yeah. one week I picked them. They lost. I mean, you never know. So Yeah, and I mean, if Dylan Gabriel's back, that certainly helps Oklahoma. So that, that'll be interesting to see what happens there. But for now, I'm going to take the Jayhawks. All right. So we all picked KU. All right. So the next game, college game days in town in Knoxville, where number six Tennessee Volunteers are hosting the number three Alabama Crimson Tide. What do you think of that, Mark? Um. I believe in Tennessee, to pull off this upset here, to put it plainly, Alabama isn't good. Uh, Tennessee has proven that this season they can win they can win in close games. Charlie, what do you think? So, yeah, I mean, I think Alabama is good. Um, I mean, I'd say they're, you know, they, they're they 6-0, number three in the country, and you can say whatever you want. You know, they just find ways to win. Uh, Bryce Young, I think uh, his status is definitely going to uh, play a part here, but even if Bryce Young cannot play, Alabama can still run the football. Like, we're talking about, you know, it's Alabama so far on the year, two, averaging 257 yards on the ground a game, 246 passing yards averaging a game so less than what they average uh, running the ball and over 500 total yards of offense now Tennessee they're about as explosive of an, uh, of an offense as you'll see this year uh, and something what I'm really excited to, to watch here is Tennessee's speed on the outside because we often see it in these big games uh, we've heard Brian Kelly with Notre Dame when you know they lose to Bama in the playoff we've heard Georgia Kirby Smart talk about it what advantages does Alabama have and they always talk talk about their speed on the perimeter and Tennessee has that so it's going to be really interesting to see uh, the matchup on the outside because I think Tennessee's offense you know that's good of an offense as there is here in college football this year so that's going to be a really intriguing matchup but all that being said I am going to take Alabama in this one even if Bryce Young is out like I said I like them running the ball and you know you look Tennessee they've had a solid defense so far so is Alabama I'd say so it's going to be interesting this this will be a great game but I like the Tide. So you mentioned Bryce Young. That 
That is why I struggle with this game a lot is because we are not going to know if he's going to play until game time, which is really big because Alabama struggled against Texas A&M. You mentioned uh, defending the run. Tennessee has only allowed 89 rushing yards per game, which is pretty close to Alabama, which they have about 84, 85, somewhere in there. But it's the passing defense that really hurts Tennessee. So if Bryce Young plays, he can throw the ball crazy and then... Hopefully those corners can defend, which they probably can if they got speed on the outside. But you're talking about Neyland Stadium, 102,000 plus in Knoxville, Tennessee. Hype, hype matchup right here. Game day is going here. It just, for me, it depends on if Bryce Young's playing or not. If he will, Alabama's winning. If he's not, Tennessee's going to win. So I'm just going to flip a coin here. I'm going to go with the Tennessee Volunteers to upset the Crimson Tide. Okay. So this game is huge for both sides. I mean, this is a test for Bama, first off. Um, going on the road into a very hostile environment. Two weeks in a row, in, in fact, because they went on the road to College Station last week. Right? Or were they at home? Uh, actually, they might have been at home. Yeah, actually. they were home. Yeah, was, yeah, so that was last year. I went to Arkansas, though, the week before yeah. that. So, But they still have gone... I mean, they've kind of struggled on the road. Bama, I mean, going into uh, Austin, they didn't look that good. They barely won that game. If it wasn't for Bryce Young escaping on third down, they would have uh, yeah. would have lost. Or if their, t- their or kicker. Quinn, or if Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers played or a Texas played. kicker missed a 22-yard field goal. Yeah. That's right, at the end so, of the half, too. Yeah. A lot of things could go wrong, but... Um, <laughs> This game is so hard to pick. It's either one at this point, but I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take the Volunteers with the upset. I mean, I I love t- what Tennessee offers. Their offense has been explosive. Hedden Hooker hasn't thrown a pick this year. He is a favorite to win the Heisman this year. I mean, that's pretty much consensus, other than uh, C.J. Stroud. But I mean, but Bama has Josh Gibbs. They have Bryce Young. If he plays. It's 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 going to be a dogfight. There's going to be a lot of points scored. It's going to come down to whoever makes a uh, mistake first. But I just think I just think Tennessee is going to pull it off. I'm, I'm going to take the Volunteers. Say so the over under in this game is 65 and a half. That's and I understand. Yeah, I understand why that is. So, all right. So the next game. Number eight, Oklahoma State, is going on the road into Fort Worth to take on the TCU Horned Frogs. What do you think about about that, Charlie? Yeah, so another good game here in the Big 12. Seems like there's been good games every week in that conference. Uh, we were talking about uh, just just crazy how Oklahoma is at the bottom of the conference right now, and just it's such a deep conference when you look at it from top to bottom. Um, just pulling up the standings here, just a just a lot of really good teams right now. Uh, Kansas State, even right now number 17, but this is another good game. Number eight, uh, number 13. I'm going to take TCU in this one at home. Uh, I, to me, they've just looked like the better team so far. Uh, that offense is just, uh, and like I said, I was talking about it a few weeks ago. I think that was kind of before, still when they were flying under the radar a little bit there. But uh, a couple of really good wins uh, against Oklahoma and Kansas now. Uh, two more ranked opponents coming up. I like them to continue uh, continue it here, uh, keep it rolling, uh, pick up a big win against right now the number 18 in the country, so I like TCU. I'm going to be on the same page with you, Charlie. I'm going to take TCU at home in Fort Worth. It's going to be a very, very high-scoring game. I mean, the over-under is 68-and-a-half, and I believe it. It's going to be your typical Big 12 high-scoring matchup. Both teams will be in the 40s or 50s. It's going to be... 
maybe it'll be pretty close to that but um i'm i tcu has looked so good all year they had a little scare last week but kansas is a good football team they've really shown that this year they were able to stay in that game even when they lost Jalen daniels in the first first half so i mean tcu they've looked good they destroyed oklahoma they i i just like tcu oklahoma stay i i feel like i haven't seen enough for some reason I, I just feel like I haven't seen I mean they played Arizona State they defeated them pretty well who else did they play they well played, they had a good win at Baylor Baylor and Texas Tech I, I don't know how good Baylor actually is cause I, I, well I think I think the reason you, you kind of talked about it you're a little bit hesitant with Oklahoma State is because I don't think they're as good as they were last year and I think that has a lot to do with uh, their defensive coordinator Jim Knowles going to Ohio State you look at what their defense uh, allowing over 400 yards a game so I think that's part of the reason um, and I, I I think eight is probably too high just because I think I mean I don't think it's too high but I think there's more than seven teams better than them uh, including TCU but yeah I mean I agree I, I feel like definitely need to see more if they go on the road this week and win then we can say okay they're, they're legit. legit yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Max Duggan that dude is a dog. He he is a fighter, and he's played good all year. Spencer Sanders is pretty good too, but I, I just feel T, I feel a TCUW, and they put themselves number one in the Big Twelve as the number one favorite to win the Big Twelve. And honestly, right now for me too, I think they are my favorite to win the Big Twelve. But. And yeah, next week they play Kansas State, who's also so. I mean, there's just Up there. big games every week. Yeah, uh, Big Twelve is been the big, showing up this it, year. Who Kansas State lose to? Are they haven't they Kansas lost State to lost Tulane? They lost to yeah. Tulane, but other than that, they look. I mean, they beat Oklahoma. They survived against Iowa State, but. Yeah, go ahead, Mark. Um, I'm actually I'm going uh, with Oklahoma State here to beat a red hot TCU. I'm gonna be a little different. So, what do you think, Anthony? I'm on the same page there with you. I think I don't know. It's gonna be a quarterback battles. Spencer Sanders, Max Duggan, who's gonna grind it out pretty much. I mean, TCU is real explosive. They're almost comparable with a Tennessee offense. Of only they have 500. 30 total yards on offense, which is pretty insane. But I think Oklahoma State, their defense has taken a step back because, like what you mentioned earlier, their defensive quarterback, their defensive coordinator going to Ohio State took a big step back because that team potentially could have been in the playoffs if they just weren't stopped on fourth down and one on the one-yard line. Yeah. But I don't know. Solid win against Baylor. Solid win against Texas Tech. I mean, TCU, you mentioned, you guys mentioned earlier, big win against Oklahoma big win against Kansas so both teams it's pretty much a comparison like a flip a coin sort of say because these are pretty much the same exact team but Oklahoma State I think just has a slight edge for some reason I don't know if it's because of the run defense especially but TCU has been passing the ball way more than run because I don't know so I'm I'm split here, but I'm going with the Cowboys. All right. We get a little different. We're all split. We split right in the middle. Both of us, or all of us, picked. We all picked Kansas. Yeah. And... But that's okay. All right. So the next game, uh, Syracuse, surprising the world right now, number 18 in the country, undefeated, are hosting the number 15 NC State Wolfpack at, well, what used to be known, the Carrier Dome, but the JMA Wireless Dome. Oh, so. I didn't know they changed it. Yeah, they changed yeah. the name. It's so sad. <laughs> All right, go ahead, uh, Anthony. Who you got? Oh, um, I didn't know I was going to start. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no. Uh, Syracuse has honestly been very impressive this year. They beat Louisville, who I thought was pretty competitive, but they kind of fallen off. They 
beat Purdue off of a last-second Hail Mary, probably a defensive breakdown for Purdue. Hopefully that comes, obviously, against Nebraska, but we'll see. But, I mean, they haven't played really tough competition. On the other hand, of NC State is coming off back-to-back tough competitions with a close win against Florida State and then a 10-point loss to Clemson. But I'm going to go big or go home with this one. I'm going with a Syracuse Orange. Give me the Orange this one to win the game. I also didn't realize we, because we picked the NC State, Florida State. We all picked Florida State, I think, in that one. We did. Yeah, so, and I said NC State was too high uh, even this week, too. I think we were talking about it earlier this week. Uh, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, okay, so Syracuse, uh, yeah, like you guys have said, undefeated. uh, 441 total yards of offense uh, a game here, averaging 38 points a game, pretty good number. Haven't really, uh, they had the game against Purdue. You know, that's, I'd say, their toughest game so far. And NC State, last two games uh, against good teams, lost by 10 against Clemson. Um, Personally, I thought they'd lose by more. But then good win against Florida State last week. Uh, Now, you know, I'm looking here. I I, I am going to take NC State. I had them. I probably would have taken Syracuse, and I I still think NC State's too high, but I'm going to take them to win this week uh, and pick up a win on the road against Syracuse. And obviously they wouldn't drop after that, but uh, I'm hoping they win too because, you know, 15. Well, you know, I think I need to see a little more from them still. Yeah, I agree with that. They should not be number 15. I think we've all been saying that ever since. They're almost on one of every. They're on the pick on almost every week, is what it I think. Seems like it. And we're always saying we need more out of them. They're not. They're not this right. This is possibly a game which is so weird because it's Syracuse out of all teams that they're playing. That could be like okay, this is halfway through the season. This is probably who they truly, really are if they come out with the win here. Well, yeah. Let's see because I'm now pulling up the schedule here. They, I mean, I assume they have at least because they, they beat okay, Te- they, they, they beat Texas Wake. Tech. They play Wake. Um, that's November fifth at home. Wake's number fourteen. Uh, I don't know. We can Which talk. I can see. I can see it. They, they it'll, it'll, see, it'll, Wake, it'll depend they, on Wake. It'll depend on Wake. With Wake, Wake, they went down to the wire with the number four team in the country at home. To be fair, they played them. They played them tougher than NC State did. Yeah. yeah. They they outright. <laughs> Almost took down Clemson. You were almost right on that one, uh, Mark. But um, oh yeah, I mean that's their toughest game. Or you could say, I mean yeah. That's and then you got UNC game. at the end of the year, but that's always tough for them because that's a, w- that's a rivalry. rivalry. Yeah. So um, okay, so NC State or Syracuse? This is such a weird matchup. Like the fact that we're saying Syracuse is number eighteen in the country. I never. I would thought someone was crazy if they told me if halfway through the year Syracuse is undefeated. <laughs> they they were ranked pretty high a few years ago too, weren't they? I, I don't know. I don't remember. I just get confused. Well, didn't they basketball. have that game, that big game against Notre Dame a few years ago? They, they were also, like a couple I years or eleven. They like to they like to get these upsets. They yeah. love doing that, like especially against Clemson. They they've done it twice. Yep. I'm pretty sure. So, and and but um. <laughs> I want to take Syracuse so bad, but I just think NC State's better. I mean, NC State definitely is not number 15 in the country, but NC State, again, has played much more difficult competition than Syracuse. Syracuse, like you you guys said, their only, like, big game was Purdue. It's Purdue. I mean, you you do have a point. You you got a point. You got a point because they they squeak by a Virginia team by two, which is – they're not even that, that not impressive. that great. No, um, they're two and four right now, and yeah. they squeaked by a win against Old Dominion. Like, yeah, Virginia is not that good, and the fact that they squeaked by by two—that's that's kind of a scary thought. But 
I mean, and they only lost to Clemson by ten. I mean, it's still not as impressive as Wake Forest, but I mean, I, I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Wolf Pack. I I can't pick Syracuse, so yeah. Uh, uh, go ahead, Mark. Yeah, so, um, you know, obviously the key matchup in this game is the NC State defense versus the Syracuse offense. I think I like the NC State defense, and I, I'm taking the Wolf Pack on this game. Uh, poor Anthony. <laughs> I will say this. Watch you get it right now. I say, I mean, just watch it. But, like, I'm looking at the – I'm just looking right here at the stats-wise. Charlie mentioned earlier 441 yards of offense and only allowing 271 on defense. What's pretty concerned – which – NC State's more of a passing team. Right now, their running back has 300 yards of rushing, and they'll probably lower him down. But then, I don't know, Syracuse's defense looks at least better on NC State stats-wise. We just got to see it on Saturday night. Yeah. So, or Saturday afternoon. afternoon. So, all right. So, the next game, number four, Clemson is going on the road into Tallahassee to take on a Florida State team that's coming off a uh, disappointing loss to the team we just, three of us just picked to beat Syracuse. So uh, who you got, Mark? Um, It's an easy pick for me. I'm picking Clemson. I thought you didn't like Clemson, though. Yeah. Well, times have changed. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Florida State's just not, they're just not those guys. Okay. Um, I, I, I agree. I'm going to take Clemson. I mean, Florida State for sure has looked a lot better this year like than they have the past few years. But Clemson, they still just – it is still it is tough going into Tallahassee. It's always – yeah. Going into the Doak. I mean, it's not – It just easy. feels like a game that they lose. I don't know why. Yeah, I've been you feeling that You can see it. You can see it. See, I can if, see it easily. If Florida State won last week, I would 100% pick Florida State. I For me, it's – okay, you finish your pick because I'm going to get <laughs> – Clemson. They've looked good. They, I really feel that they're the number four team in the country. They're not like up. They're not in the top three, obviously. But, but I just, I just feel like I think DJ is gonna have a good game, and it's gonna come down to the defenses. And I'm just gonna take Clemson. I mean, they won't win by a whole bunch, but don't expect it to be too close. But yeah, go. Just go ahead, Charlie. Yeah. So kind of what I was just about to get into for me. It's actually Florida State losing against NC State, I think, is going to get them more motivated for this game, as if they weren't motivated enough already. Uh, this is just, like you guys, like you said, Dylan, just a tough, always tough to go down uh, to Tallahassee, That you know, one of the toughest atmospheres in college football. Just uh, and This year, you know, they had the good start to the year, and I picked them, I think. I picked them to beat Wake, and I picked them to beat NC State. I'm going to pick them to beat Clemson this week, too. I think this is, this is going to be a really tough game. Uh, Florida State, they're a good team. And uh, just, I don't know, something about, you know, losing two straight and now against another good team, uh, three straight ranked opponents, uh, conference opponents for Florida State. I think this week they beat Clemson at home. It's kind of sad to say because we mentioned before the Wake-Florida State game of how good Florida State really was, and now they have suffered back-to-back losses. But their offense is still incredible, 465 466 total yards. My key thing, though, is I really, I don't know, I don't trust Clemson's pass defense allowing 255 yards in which Jordan Travis can throw the ball crazy, but he has three three picks on the year to nine touchdowns. In my eyes, that's the Clemson def- the run defense that's really going to shut them down because Florida State's a really balanced offense here. 261 passing, 204 rushing. That's what I see. 
I think Clemson's run defense really pushed, helps them in this game. DJ's been playing really good. This is the DJ we thought we were going to see last year with Clemson. It's, it's, it's going to be a nail-biter. The spread is 3.5. It's probably going to be that. I'm going to take Clemson by literally one point in this one. Okay. So... Charlie is the only one that took Florida State, but that's okay. He's the Herb Street, though. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. So, the next one, number 16, Mississippi State. Mike Leach, they're going on the road into Lexington to take on number 22, Kentucky, who's coming off two straight losses. Pretty tough for them. Um, who you got, uh, Mark? Well, this is a coin flip for me. I'm looking at Mike Leach and their the Mississippi State quarterback who has... Will Rogers. I Will mean, Rogers. the country in yards. Yeah, I mean, his touch, his stats are just impressive. Um, I'm going to take Mississippi State and Mike Leach. Mike Leach. We got Charlie. I'm, I'm just laughing looking at the 22 touchdowns for Will Rogers because it's like <laughs> way more than you'll see, but it's just because of that air raid offense. Yeah, that uh, offense is scary. I, I, I think I'm going to take Kentucky, similar to what uh, – Kind of my Florida State pick. couple of uh, tough losses back-to-back weeks against uh, Ole Miss and South Carolina, especially that Ole Miss game. We were all watching that one. Uh, that, that was a crazy ending there, the fumble at the end after Kentucky had a touchdown on the previous play that was called back uh, for a penalty. But, yeah, I, I like Kentucky in this one. We were talking about Will Levis a lot before the season. Uh, potential, you know, uh, top five, top ten pick. Uh, feels like we haven't really been talking about him quite as much during the season. Kentucky's still ranked, though, uh, 22 uh, at 4-2 and two on the year. So this is just another uh, matchup this weekend before uh, between two ranked opponents. But I like Kentucky at home to uh, pick up the win here. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to take Kentucky. See, I was hesitant at first because Will Levis wasn't ruled to, ruled to play. Like, I mean, they just announced that recently that he's set to play this weekend. Um, that's my main reason. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be it's really tough to pick against Mike Leach in that air raid offense. The air raid offense has been explosive, like we said. Will Rogers with 20, 2,100 yards with two twenty two touchdowns, leading the country it is un- incredible. But Will Levis being back for Kentucky. And now they have a smoke back too. I don't know, but I I just feel like Kentucky. Yeah, this is a game they can. Back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just feel like Kentucky. This is a bounce back game. I feel like they can get in the win column, take away some of that Mississippi State like momentum coming in off of like a couple big wins for them. So I'm I'm gonna take the Wildcats. You just you just feel like. You know, in the SEC, you never can go on like a huge run unless you're Alabama or Georgia. And Mississippi State, you know, they beat Texas A&M and Arkansas, like you said, two good wins. Just kind of feels like this week they're not. I don't know. I I think Kentucky will win. Just just tough to win like three, four straight games against good teams in this conference. And another part of it, uh, it's at Kroger Field. In yeah, Texas. that's, that's, a, that's, big, that's, that's still not a big. That's a big part. Yeah, but you got to remember the last game Kentucky played was at home against South Carolina and they lost by 10. I didn't I, I did not realize this, but I just looked at this. South Carolina is 4 and 2. I didn't know they were that good record-wise. I don't know. I thought they were absolute dog water. I think they started the year 0 and 2. Who? Uh, South Carolina. Yeah. I don't know. But the fact that Kentucky is coming off a collapsed loss against South Carolina and Mississippi State's coming off an impressive win against Arkansas. That air raid offense is very scary. That defense needs to step it up in some way. Kentucky is a really pass-heavy team. 
263 passing yards with rushing 92 and a half, but they do have their lead running back back. I don't know. It's it's a tough one, but I'm going to go with the, I'm going to alongside with Mark. I'm going with Mississippi State. All right. So we are split again. All right. So final game. Number 7 USC looking pretty impressive this year. They I mean I mean, we've we've seen a lot from them. They're going on the road to take on number twenty Utah, who I believe are they coming off a loss? Yeah, yes, UCLA. to UCLA. Yeah, yeah. tough loss. Um, dropping from eleven to twenty, that's tough. Uh, what do you think of that, Anthony? So uh, it's crazy to think of how Utah is favored in this game. It's cra- like sixty-one to thirty-eight percent. That that that's just crazy for me. And they're and, uh, negative. Or, oh my God. And they're three spread and a half, three and a half, three and a half point favorites. Um, Caleb Williams has played sensational this year. He has almost sixteen hundred passing yards. That defense could step it up big time. But I'm just looking at the stats wise here. They look pretty comparable, almost the same exact team. Just Utah allowing less yards defensively, but. I, can, I just can't go against USC. They're looking really, really good. They, I think they're still the Pac-12's best shot at making the playoffs unless Oregon makes a big push, which could happen. I just can't go against USC in this one. Okay, go ahead, Mark. Well, so I'm calling this the Pac-12 conference game of the year. I think it's going to be one of those games. Um, USC and Utah both have excellent quarterbacks, statistically speaking. I'm picking number seven USC Trojans. All right. <laughs> I want to pick Utah so bad. I, I, USC has just looked so much better this year. It's really unfortunate because Utah had so much hope coming in this year. USC, I mean, people still have them like going pretty. Going, they're going to be pretty good, but not at the rate that they're going now. But um, and it's crazy to think they're only seven in the country right now. They're not top five yet. Yeah, for how, but, for how impressive they are. But yeah, but I don't know. It's the top five is hard to beat in. I don't know. With that, Alabama, Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, and Clemson in that mix. Yeah, you know, you know what? I haven't done this like at all this year. Give me Utah. I'm gonna call it. I'm calling it now. Utah is gonna pull it off at home. I feel like this would be a good bounce back win. Knock out all that momentum USC has. It's really tough to pick against USC's because ca- this is a game USC could lose. This, this is, is a, the game that you can see him losing. This is the game. This is I the said. only game I can see him losing. To be honest, that is true. That is true. This is a, on the, unless the Pac-12 championship, but um, that's yeah. I mean, not we'll see who still, comes out of the north. We'll, yeah, I say we'll see who's on the other. <laughs> they side. don't have divisions anymore, by the way. Oh, um, that's right. They don't. Yeah, they're top two. Yeah, which top could two, be which... Oregon. I don't know. If, Who knows? If Utah loses this, they're out pretty much. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to just take the Utes. You know, screw it. <laughs> I'm going to take Utah. I'm glad you did do that because I was probably going to take Utah if all you guys took SC. But I just think USC is the much better team here. Uh, so I like USC in this one. I'd say offensively they've got the edge. Utah probably has the edge uh, on the defensive side. But USC, I, I picked I picked them to lose last week against Wazoo, get upset there. But they look like a good team uh, right now, number seven in the country, 6-0 and uh, on the year. First uh, first time they've started 6-0. and And I didn't – this I found this a little bit uh, – 
kind of interesting because, I don't know, I guess they haven't been as good as they were, uh, you know, back in the early 2000s. But first 6-0 and start since 2006. So, I don't know. They, they look good so far. First year uh, under Lincoln Riley with Caleb Williams at quarterback. So, I expect them to continue uh, keep it moving here this week. I'm just saying, USC has struggled on the road this year. They, it was a hard-fought victory against Stanford. They did again only. They won by fourteen, thirteen points. But, and then they struggled on the road against Oregon State, coming down to the <laughs> heck of a catch the by line. Jordan Jordan Addison. So, it's they struggle on the road. This is a test for USC. I, I just it's just Utah. I mean, yeah, Utah is <laughs> gonna pull it off. Like I said, but yeah. Uh, so that was uh, College Football Pick'ems. Uh, th- uh, we will be back with Cap or No Cap with Mark hosting for the first time. hosting cap or no cap first question michigan state has won the most big 10 football championships i'm going cap 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 the correct answer is cap who is it ohio state or it is is ohio state ohio state has won the most big 10 football championships all right second question cam newton won the 2010 heisman trophy race no cap i okay i is it twenty? He won either twenty ten or twenty eleven. I knew he won Heisman. Using it. Wait, I'm going. I'm going no cap. I think it was two thousand ten. I, I want to say no cap. You're all correct. The correct answer is no cap. Okay, who won twenty eleven Heisman? Who was that? Twenty eleven. Check real quick. It was. Was that RG three? Yes, RG three won. It really? Yeah. Because then the year after that was Johnny Menzel. Yeah, it was RG3. And then okay. 09, 09 was Mark Ingram. Yeah, because I'm like, okay, Newton. The Dominican Sue should have gotten that, just saying. Okay. We've had a lot of Heisman Dominic. questions so far in this yeah, segment. Yeah, well, I mean, it's obvious. Those are easy questions. Those, those, know, are, those are, like, good questions. So Question go question three. Wisconsin leads Nebraska in the all-time series when playing football against each other. That's a no cap. No cap. <laughs> no cap. I, no uh, cap. That That's correct. Um, question four. Bull crap. <laughs> I like how he emphasized football. If any other sports. Yeah, because football. we... Actually, I don't know on the other... No, actually, I don't know about basketball. Yeah, basketball, like, you can't get into basketball. Uh, question four. Nebraska leads the all-time series when playing against Purdue in football. Cap. No cap. That's no cap. The correct answer is cap. The what? Series, what? The series is actually all tied up at five. Oh, that's BS. <laughs> Let's go. Question five: Nebraska has the all time has the edge in the all time series when playing Iowa in football. Ooh. You guys okay. go first. Okay, you're thinking about Iowa in the '80s, Nebraska in the '90s. Both teams were decent in the hundreds. No cap. I'm going cap. No cap. The correct answer is no cap. Iowa yes. holds a <laughs> so it's a tiebreaker. Iowa holds a 29 yes. to 20 all time series lead. We're all tied. <laughs> We're all tied. That's crazy. You had to get that one wrong, and we had to get it right. Yeah, I know that. I don't know. We destroy. We. 
I know. Wait, we've lost was six question, straight in a row. Was the question that Iowa is the leader? No, Nebraska. That, okay, my mind made a last yeah. second change seeing that yeah. Iowa. Okay, I'm a dummy. I'm a dummy. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, I don't. Even when we've lost six straight in a row against them, we still have the edge on the all-time oh, record yeah. by a lot. Yeah, I, what, I, we yeah, destroyed Iowa back say, in the nineties. Does it say what the record is on there or no? Just that they lead. Uh, um, let me Iowa look. holds a twenty-nine to twenty all-time series lead. Twenty-nine to twenty. You mean Nebraska? Nebraska's winning that. We have the highest. Oh, this is what I wrote. You probably wrote it down wrong. Look on Wikipedia. Okay, maybe Anthony did just win. I don't think so. No, I look swear. on Wikipedia. I literally that's where I'm at. Having. Nebraska leads. Yeah, I was gonna say Nebraska has to be leading that. We destroyed them whenever we played them. It was okay, not even close. I say I was thinking because I don't even think they played in the eighties. No, we they, played them in the nineties. We played them in the two. We played them a couple we played times them since in the nineties. We played them a couple times in the nineties. Yeah, and that's we when them Nebraska in the 2000s, was good. And then we came back and when we joined the Big Ten, we that played them the every time. Rival, yeah. So we only before the six straight losing six years in a row we've lost to them. I would say I think it was. We beat them in 2011, 2012, and 2014. So, okay. I mean, we've, yeah. yeah so my, we my, haven't won in a few years, but. My mind just all of a sudden random, like, switched the question and said that Iowa is the all-time leader. So, like, oh my so it's a tiebreaker. So oh you're going to have to look up some questions or, like, get some Wait, questions. we still got one more question, don't we? No, he, no. That was question five. Was oh, five. boy. Yeah. Name the two teams in the 2012 Big Ten football championship game. What? Huh? No, you have. To, it has oh. to be a cap or no cap question. Actually, that's. I mean, we could. Oh, hold on. So, for, for the so tiebreaker, we could. For what do year? Something so, like if that, the though. season were to end today, who's the? What's the Big Ten championship? Is that what you're saying? No. What? What's the year? 2012. 2012. 2012. What? I'm lost right now. Who played in the 2012 Big Ten mm. championship game? Okay. I don't think any of us are going to get this right, but which I, what two teams? That's a that's a good question. That's a good question. Teams. Go ahead and go first, you guys. I want to hear. 2012. So this is the year. I uh, I, I got to do this in my head. Um, I'll help you. Actually, I will not help you. I know. A I have bit. a feeling Nebraska's in it just because the way you're acting right now. So it's Nebraska. Hold on. I think was this uh what Martinez quarterback was playing at this time? Taylor. Um. No, was it? It was Nebraska, Ohio State. Go ahead. Um. <laughs> hmm. I'm thinking. That's a good question. That's a very good question. <laughs> really good. I think. Even though it's a good tiebreaker, we, maybe we should just do tiebreakers that oh, way. That's yeah, what I was thinking. like an open answer question. Just know whoever and whoever answers it one correct. Whoever gets first. it correctly wins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if yeah. But if we have the same answer, obviously, then we got to keep going. I feel like since I don't know, I should just answer what you do, though. But I won't do that. Um, that's also another thing. Tiebreaker. Nebraska, oh, Michigan yeah. State. Michigan State. Uh, you guys took an L. It's 2012. Nebraska played Wisconsin in the Big Ten championships because Ohio State couldn't play because they had uh, sanctions from the NCAA. Penn State also had sanctions from the NCAA. Wisconsin finished third in the leaders' division that year, and they beat the living crap out of Nebraska. I hate this. They destroyed Nebraska 70 to like 30-something. So, yeah. So the teams Nebraska, were Wisconsin. Nebraska, Wisconsin. Nebraska whooped Nebraska. Did you just say Nebraska mean Wisconsin? Wisconsin whooped Nebraska seventy to thirty-one. Yeah, 
So yeah, I was waiting for you guys because I was I was waiting for you. I thought you guys would know that, but I guess I'm. Yeah, I mean I'm not from that. anywhere close to here. And, and I remember, I, uh, I, remember yeah, I, didn't, I remember I didn't start. I wasn't a Nebraska fan until this year. So. Same, same. I didn't pay attention to Nebraska until like last season. Yeah. So, so give me that W. So, all right. That was it's a second win in second. three weeks. Right? Yep. Second yeah, win in fun. three weeks because last week Mark won it. So. Yeah. School. <laughs> All right. But, yeah, uh, you go ahead. Yeah, you can close it. All right, well, that's going to conclude cap or no cap. We once again congratulate Dylan for taking his second dub in three weeks since introducing the segment. Next week, we potentially talked about giving our midseason awards to, like, Heisman, best quarterback, stuff like that. But you got to turn into, tune into the next week's episode to see if we truly talk about that. Because who knows? Because <laughs> who knows? One time we mentioned cap, no cap, and that did not happen. So, so thank you so much for tuning in. Just remember that we post weekly every Thursday, every Thursday, and it's available Friday mornings to you on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Check out our Instagram at the Last Take Pod with all lower caps, and then also uh, we checked out some, or we've been posting about ourselves pretty much. And if you want to learn more about us, or if you want have any segment ideas or stuff like that, feel free to DM us, and we'll. Gladly take the suggestion. So, signing off for Charlie, Mark, Dylan, and I'm Anthony. Thank you so much, guys, and we'll catch you on to the next one. Go Big Red.